This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back to Now with Dave Brown, coming to you on AMI-tv. I'm Alex Mike, filling in for Dave while he is away on vacation. Today marks the 59th anniversary of the assassination of U.S. President John F. Kennedy. Since his death, it is estimated that more than 40,000 books worldwide have been published about Kennedy and his legacy. Author Dr. Stephen Knott recently offered his contribution to that ever-growing canon with his book, Coming to Terms with John F. Kennedy. The book is available in audiobook format on Audible. He's speaking to us today from Canton, Massachusetts. Hello, Dr. Nod. How are you doing? Hello, I'm doing fine. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, thank you for coming on. So you worked at Kennedy's Presidential Library in Massachusetts. What made you want to examine his legacy and presidency with a book? Well, I grew up, as you mentioned, I grew up in Massachusetts in a Kennedy worshiping family. And I use that term worshiping with uh, some precision because for Irish Catholics of a certain age, the fact that John F. Kennedy sort of broke the religious barrier in terms of uh, the first Catholic president in the White House, that made him something of a saintly figure in the eyes of my parents. And I sort of inherited that almost worshipful attitude towards President Kennedy. So my first job out of college was at his presidential library. Uh, My parents could not have been happier. Uh, Over time, my own political views began to change somewhat, and I moved more in a conservative direction. And I thought at this late stage in my life, it was probably an appropriate time to go back and look at President Kennedy, not through the kind of rose-colored glasses that I grew up with, but in a more objective manner. And and so what were some of the, I guess, the perceptions that you may have had of his legacy when you were younger and when you went to look back and explore again? Like, what were some of the changes that you saw in in his legacy or, or your perception of his legacy? When I was younger, I bought into what in the United States they commonly referred to as kind of the Camelot myth, uh, that this was an era, this brief presidency was an era when a very young, intelligent a handsome president uh, ruled over the country, and it was a mythical take on the presidency. In fact, Jacqueline Kennedy is one is the one who used the term Camelot. Um, I managed to sort of shed those myths, as I said, as I grew older, and I think I went a little too far in the other direction of dismissing Kennedy, who I actually think was a man of some substance, Um, and uh, is somebody that Americans and perhaps people around the world can admire in 2022, particularly in an era when, at least in the United States, we've had, um, I would say, a kind of checkered recent presidency, and I'm referring to Donald Trump, that's my opinion, but um, Kennedy offers, I think, an alternative to the kind of snarling nativist presidency of a Donald Trump, and Kennedy at least attempted to appeal to the better angels, as Abraham Lincoln would say, of the American character. Were there things that you learned when you went back to explore that you didn't know before? And and beyond just like kind of what your perceptions that may have changed, but there was new information that you may not have been aware of before. Well, I think the most profound uh, revelation for me, and again, I, I grant there's speculation here on my part, 
I used to firmly believe that Kennedy would have followed a very similar path to that of Lyndon Johnson in terms of American involvement in Vietnam. I no longer believe that to be the case. Now, I can't say that, obviously, with 100% certainty, but it does seem to me that the evidence is overwhelming that this was a president, John F. Kennedy, who hated war, who would not have simply sat by as Americans returned from Vietnam by the hundreds, week after week after week in the late 1960s. That just strikes me as something completely contrary uh, to John F. Kennedy, who, as I said, despised war, had seen war up close and personal during World War II, had lost two crew members on PT-109. Um, this is a man who hated war, and I just don't see him going down the same path in Vietnam as Johnson did. How can uh, we, when we look back at history, how can we kind of stop ourselves from examining past leaders through, as you mentioned, those rose-covered glasses and really get into the heart and examine the pros and cons of what their true impact and legacy is? That's a great question, and it takes some work. And I realize that all citizens don't have the time necessarily to do the kind of work. Uh, but one thing that's important is to withhold your judgment about political figures until a certain time period has elapsed. And I would argue at least 20 years to allow the partisan passions to cool, to allow your own emotional commitment to various political figures or political movements to cool, and to apply just kind of a cold uh, reason. Use your intellect, go and look at a variety of sources Make your own assessments. Don't be caught up in the sort of conventional narrative of the day. Uh, again, it's not an easy thing to do. It's something I tried to do in this book. I think it's especially important for Americans these days, uh, and Canadians as well, uh, where we all seem to be locked into a certain political view and question the patriotism of those who disagree with that. That is so unhealthy for self-government. Well, and... The thing I think of when it comes to Kennedy uh, specifically, it seems like opinions and, and, and passions are, are split. It's either going to be, you know, he is one of the greatest presidents ever. He, he, he could have done no wrong. And then on the flip side, oh, he's one of the worst ever. It, it, there's, there's division <laughs> there. There's no, there's no middle ground. It's like, oh, yeah, he was fine. Or, oh, yeah, I disagreed with some things, but that was it. Like, why do you think it is... Uh, in his case, that it's that polarizing, um, that nature, uh, the legacy that he has? I think it became so polarizing when he was elevated into this mythical, again, not to beat a dead horse, but this sort of mythical Camelot produced this reaction that was equally, I think, inaccurate and unhealthy. And it did lead to the creation, as you said, of sort of two camps, the mythology believers, and for lack of a better term, the haters. And uh, it's it's difficult, even 60, almost 60 years after his death, to sort of uh, find a middle ground between those two camps. I hope I've done that in this book, but I grant you, as and your question is a great one, it's really hard to do with somebody who was elevated into a kind of mythical, almost sainthood status. Does his death play a elevated role in, in, in raising that 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 sainthood? No because, question. Yeah. No question. Terrific question. Yes, the fact that this young 46-year-old president was killed in broad daylight, 
sitting next to his beautiful 34-year-old wife, who, by the way, rarely traveled with him on these kind of domestic political trips. It was kind of amazing that she was even there. The fact that this was, the, the funeral was televised straight for the next 72 hours, which was the first time the American television networks had done such a thing. All of that, the tragedy of this young death, this young president's death, contributes to this mythology, and it makes it very difficult to sort of separate fact from embellished fiction. So yes, no question, the circumstances of his tragic death make it all the more challenging to find the real John F. Kennedy. And finally, I, I want to kind of get your perspective. Based on all the, the research, the information compiling this book, was did he have a positive or negative impact during his time in office? I would say in terms of the public sphere, the man that sort of used the powers of the presidency, the so-called bully pulpit, to appeal to what is best in the American past. This is a man who knew how to deliver a speech, on some occasions a very moving speech. So I admire the president who called their fellow citizens to engage in a form of public service, to give back to their country for something. I think Kennedy's establishment of the Peace Corps is a great example of that, for instance. On the downside, of course, this was a man who led a somewhat checkered private life. And on occasion, that private misbehavior bled over into his public life. And that, of course, is not a president or a person that I particularly admire. So like all individuals, this man had his pros and his cons. In the final analysis, I conclude that the pros outweighed the cons, but I certainly understand those who might disagree with that take. Dr. Knott, thank you so much for chatting me uh, about JFK and his legacy today. It was really insightful. Thank you. I enjoyed it very much. Dr. Stephen F. Knott is a professor at the National Security Affairs Department at the U.S. Naval War College in Newport, Rhode Island. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.